It was a warm spring morning. Trees were cloaked in flowers. The grass had greened with the promise of rich forage for the mothers of the lambs, calves, and colts born each night in farmyard birthing sheds. Bro wanted to stretch out in the ground and nap until noon. No matter how beautiful the days, it was the nature of babies to be born at night, and it was the duty of farmers and farmers' stepsons to sit in the birthing shed. Bro had been vigilant for six nights running through a steady stream of births, all but one of which had been successful. A good spring so far, with good trade even for the stillborn lamb, whose tender hide would make a fine pair of gloves for some lady in the royal city, Velprintilar. Dyed and embellished with jewels and silks, the lamb's hide might find its way into the queen's hands, though thoughts of Aglaron's mighty symbol fled Bro's mind as fast as they occurred. In Silalk on the Yearwood's verge, Aglaron's seacoast capital was a world not a week away. Adentir, Bro's human stepfather, paid the queen's tithes and abided by her laws, which were fortunately rooted in common sense and easily obeyed. Dent raised a glass in the queen's name at festival times and never mentioned her otherwise. For Bro, who'd lived his first twelve years among his own kind, the Khatel Kisir half-elves of the Yearwood, the symbol was the living emblem of an uneasy truce between them and the world outside, the world in which Bro had lived since his father's death. A hand touched Bro's shoulder. With it came the scents of pine bark and moss that were surely his mother and the Yearwood. But the forest was memory, and the bowl she offered was filled with whey-soaked grain. Hungry Ember. She called him by his boyhood name. Everyone else called him Bro, a crude shortening of Ibroin, because deep in their guts, humans remained averse to Khatel Kisir names, and in his own soul, Bro knew he hadn't yet made Ibroin his own true name. More tired than hungry, Bro set aside the collection of half-braided thongs that would, when he was clear-headed, become a halter for a newborn foal. He accepted the bowl. Maybe tonight. Shali ran a hand through his hair, leaving his ears exposed to the sunlight. Maybe. Bro tossed his head, returning his hair to its customary ears and face hiding disorder. He watched his mother flinch and felt shame. Half-elves weren't a race like their elf or human forebears. First-generation half-elves took after their elven and human parents equally. But among the Khatel Kesir, family resemblance was a chancy thing. It wasn't Shali's fault that her skin was human fair and her ears were small and rounded while he was forest-shadowed to the tips of his very elven ears. No more than it had been her fault that Rizkarn had broken his neck falling out of a tree he'd climbed a thousand times. Shelley had loved Rizkarn in a way Bro couldn't begin to imagine. She'd left the Yearwood because she couldn't bear her memories, and couldn't die either, because she had a son she'd had to finish raising. In the five years since Rizkarn's death, Shelley had become a stranger dressed in layers of woven cloth, a kerchief bound over hair and ears alike. She'd never go back to the trees. They both knew that, just as they both knew he would. The knowledge ached between them. Adintir says the foal will be yours if it's a colt. Shali gave a brittle laugh. The Khatel Kisir weren't horsefolk. A colt wouldn't keep Bro out of the Yearwood. I'll hold him to his word, Bro replied. She smiled a thin-lipped half-smile, the only smile Bro saw anymore. He's not bad, Bro said awkwardly, speaking words that were and were not the truth.
I didn't hear was human. Everyone in Siloc was human, except for Bro and Shelley. Even Tefe, his half-sister, was human. That was the way of things for the Chet el If a half-elf mated with an elf or human, their children belonged to the full-blooded world. The Chet el way of life could vanish in a generation.